God, we are uh, happy to be here this morning, God. God, we're blessed to know you. We're blessed to serve you, God. I pray that, that as we go on this morning, as we open up your word and as we, as we hear what you have to say to us about our, our final value of serve, God, I just pray that you would just, you would move in this place, that you would challenge each and every one of us, that we would become a church that serves, become a church that is the hands and the feet of Jesus to our community. God, I pray that, that you would be with me this morning, not just with my voice, but God, I pray that you would, you would speak through me. God, the, the, the words that are coming out of my mouth would be your words and not just my words, God. I, I, they don't need to hear my words this morning. They need to hear from you. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we've been in this, uh, in our Rooted series, talking about our, our core values here at the church of connect and of grow and of serve. This is who we are as a church. This is what we're about. I mean, the, the, we have literally taken action as a board to make this our structure at the church of connect and of grow and of serve. And so as we, as we have talked, we've talked about connecting, that we want to be a church that, that connects, that, is, that grows close to one another, right? We know that God has, God has designed you and he's designed me for relationship. Right? Part of that relationship is relationship with one another, and so we want to be a, be a church that, that widens the circle to as many as possible. We want as many as possible in the circle. Come on, come on, everybody, right? Everybody in, everybody, let's go, right? We want everybody in the circle. And we want to be a community that is, that is encouraging to one another, that, that loves each other no matter what, right? No matter what's going on in life, we love you. No matter what's going on in life, I'm going to sit with you and I'm going to talk with you that, that when I ask you how it's going, I really mean that question, I'm not just asking, I'm not just saying form, like formally, like, how are you doing? So you can just say good, and we can go both, both go our own ways. I, I really want to know how you're doing, and I'm able to sit with you, and I want to sit with you and see how you're doing. I, I want that for our church, and I, I want our church to be an authentic community, and a, a community that's just real, that when people come in and they, they, they sit with us and they sing with us and they hear the word with us and we, we connect with them, that, that they can say, and that is a real place right there. Those people are real. Those people really love Jesus, and they really love each other, that we're authentic. And as we connect and as we grow closer to each other, then, then we grow closer to God as well. Right? We're built for a relationship with one another, but we're also built for a relationship with God. And so, so we grow. So one of our focuses here at the church is to grow spiritually. Right? We, we grow we, we want people, we want, we want us to, to work out our, our core muscles, right? Last week we talked about our, our core spiritual muscles of our heart and our soul and our mind. We want to we love God from the deepest part of who we are, right? But we also want to love God in, in a sense that it takes action as well, right? Love, love takes action. But also in our mind, we want to be able to, to fix, our, fix our mind on things above, as Scripture says, right? We, we want to work out our core spiritual muscles and grow spiritually in Christ, I have failed you as your pastor if you, if you don't grow spiritually. Right? This, is, this is really one of my main jobs, is for you to grow spiritually. That's a focus here at the church. We want you to, to connect. We want you to, to grow in relationship with others and grow in relationship with God. I can tell you again, small groups is one of the hugest ways for this. Right? When you're in a small group and you get plugged in, you're connecting with other people and you're connecting with God. It's connect and grow all in one right there. So today, uh, we're going we're gonna to keep moving on. 
to serve. Here, here's the thing about this, the, about the Connect Grow Serve, right? Connect Grow Serve is, is not, it's not really a, it's not really like a point on a line, right? It's kind of like a circle, right? We're going to connect with others. And as we continue on this circle, as we connect with others, our, our, our barriers are brought down, our, our, our the things that we kind of keep up are, are, are brought down, and then God's able to move in our life, and we're able to grow spiritually, as we grow spiritually, the, the tangible expression of growing spiritually is to serve, to be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. Right? If you're only connecting and only growing, you're missing it. Right? There's got to be action attached to it. There has to be a tangible expression of your growth in faith and of your growth with relationship with one another in the church. Right, and it's a circle. So, so as you connect and as you grow and as you serve, it's not like a, a, an ending point, right? The serving is not the end all. That as we, as we connect and grow and serve, that we, that we end up going back to the beginning and we connect with more people and we walk with them as they grow and we, we serve alongside of them and then we go around the circle again and again and again. This, this Christian life, there's no point in this Christian life where you can say, I've arrived, I've done it all. I've done all I was supposed to do. I've connected with other people and I've grown in Christ. And man, have I served. I'm, I'm just retired. I'm going to retire now. Now, this isn't what the Christian faith is. It never stops. It never ends. You never stop connecting. You never stop growing. You never stop serving. This is, this is, this is to be a Christian. This is what being a Christian is all about. And so this morning, we're going we're gonna to kind of unpack this this, this serve aspect of our faith and of our church. We're going we're gonna to unpack this a little bit. And, and, and honestly, if you read Scripture, if you read the Bible, there, there, there is not a reading of the Bible, a legitimate reading of the Bible, that allows you to live out your faith without having some sort of action in there included. You cannot read the same book I'm reading and be okay doing nothing with your faith. And we're just going to talk about this. What does the Bible say about serving? What does the Bible say about using our faith and putting our faith into action? Here's here's the first thing that the Bible says is that you and I were created for service. That God created you and me to serve and to be active in our faith. If you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, I'll unpack this a little bit more for us. Ephesians chapter 2. We'll start at verse 1. Here's what he says. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions. And he's talking to believers here. As for you. He's talking to a church in Ephesus. He's talking to believers. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts like the rest. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. 
For it is by grace that you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork. Some of some translators say masterpiece. So we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He is reminding this church, these believers, of, of who they are in Christ. And then he closes it off with this. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You were created for service, and I was created for service. We were created to do the, the great things that God had prepared us for in advance. Think about that. Think about that. This word handiwork, or, or some, like I said, sometimes they say masterpiece. Right? The, the Greek word is actually really cool. It's, it's poema, right? It's, the, it's literally the word for poem. That God has, God, I just find this just a beautiful picture, that God has, has written into you. God has, has written into you a purpose. And he's written into you a, a call to serve. You are God's handiwork. You are God's masterpiece created to serve. Sometimes we have, we have a little, we struggle with this piece a little bit, right? That, that we're created to serve. We come to church and we, we kind of, we do our thing, right? We sing our songs and we, we hear a sermon and we, we, we just, we, we celebrate God, we praise God and we go home and we, we read our Bibles and we pray and, and, we, and we end up calling ourselves people of faith, right? People of faith because we, we have faith, we know, we, we know all this stuff, we, we have this faith, right? We're, we're people of faith, but the thing is, faith requires action, and so to, to really be able to call ourselves people of faith, we need to embrace the fact that God has created us for action, created us for service. And he's, not only has he created us for it, there's a little encouragement in Ephesians 2, he's already prepared in advance everything, right? He's prepared you in advance. He's, he's, he, he's gifted you, which is gonna be our next thing, right? But he has prepared you in advance. He's prepared in advance the good works that we're supposed to do. I think that's, that's encouraging this morning. Right, but to really truly call ourselves a person of faith, there, there's, there's no other way to do that than to, to live it out. Otherwise, you're just a person who believes certain things and thinks certain things. I was asked a question yesterday. Do you really believe that what you believe is real? Do you really believe that what you believe is real? And here was the follow-up to that. He said, if you do, then there is no other way to live than to serve. If you really believe that what you believe is real, there's no other thing to do than to go out and to live it out. Right? We cannot call ourselves people of faith if all we do is just believe it. Right? Faith requires action. Faith requires action. Right, if you go to James chapter 2, James basically says that right to us, that faith requires action. 
Here's what he says, verses 14 and 19. He says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if people claim to have faith but have no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about it, does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say to me, you have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and they shudder. James is saying exactly what I'm saying here. I don't think I could have said it any better than James says in the Bible, right? You cannot call yourself a person of faith if you don't have actions to go along with it. Faith without deeds is dead, James says. Oh, you believe there's good God. Thank you. I'm glad you believe that. I'm glad you have the right belief. But that, that, just that, just saying that you have the right belief makes you no different than, than what demons believe, James says. Even the, even the demons believe in God, and they shudder. But faith without action is dead. We have to take action. You have been created for service, and you need to live it out. Now, here's the second thing. You've been, you've been gifted for service. I think this is one of the coolest parts, right? God, God in, in his masterpiece, in his handiwork of you and of me, right, doesn't just leave us hanging. doesn't just say, <clears throat> hey, go do this. Go serve. Go do this. And then just kind of leave us hanging, right? You have been gifted for service. Every single one of us has been gifted by God in different ways and in different measures to be able to do what he has called us to do, right? If you turn with me to 1 Peter, it's just a few pages past James here. 1 Peter chapter 4, starting at verse 7. We'll, 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 we'll start here at verse 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And here's, here's the, kind of the focus for, for this. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace and its various forms. He says, if you speak, you should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If you serve, you should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. I just want to, I want to read verse 10 again. I want you to, uh, I want you to kind of grasp this. Just listen, listen hard here. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Now, why? Why, why do we serve others? Here's what he says. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You have been gifted by God. You have talents and abilities that God has given you for a purpose. You've been gifted to serve. You've been gifted to serve. God, God, some of us just, just think we're think we're no good, right? God didn't give God must have just kind of missed me when he was handing all the gifts, right? I don't know what I'm here for. I don't know what God gave me to do. I don't understand like why God has put me here or why God has put these people in my life. But I, I want to just remind you this morning that, that you are God's masterpiece, as in Philippians 2. 
right? That God doesn't make junk. God, God doesn't make mistakes. When he made you, he made you with gifts and with a purpose. And God, God knew what he was doing when he made you. And he gifted you for service, right? He gave you gifts and talents, not just to be used for you, but so that you would be a faithful steward of the grace that God has given you, right? And even at the end, right? So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever, right? That when you use the gifts that God has given you, it's not about you. It's to give glory to God. God didn't give you gifts for you. He gave you gifts so that you could glorify him. And those gifts must be used. They have to be used for service. You've been gifted for service. You've been gifted to serve. God didn't make you flawed. But sometimes we look in the mirror, right? And all we see is what? All we see are the flaws. All we see are the flaws. It's kind of what the world trains us to do, right? We, we look in the mirror and we see all the things that we need to get better at. We see all the things that need to get fixed. We see all of our weaknesses. Right? Just when you go home and you're watching the Packers lose today, right? You can, uh, <laughs> you can when you go home and, and you're watching the game or watching whatever, just watch the commercials. Don't mute them. Don't fast forward through them. Watch them. Just maybe like one or two cycles. Every single one of those commercials is talking about a way that you can be better because you're not good enough in this area. Every single one. We're trained to focus on our weaknesses. Right? Think about when you're in grade school or when you're in when, whenever you got grades for being in school, right? Where was the first place you looked on your report card? Did I pass that class? Right? It was the weakest point. You always look to your weakest one. Right? Where did your parents always look at your report card? They looked at the D's and the C's, and they said, why are these so bad? Right? How can we make you better here? Right? Instead of saying, man, you got an A-plus in math, uh, we need to just pursue math for you. Like You are, you are good in this area. Let's pursue this. Right? I, I've, I've told this story before. I'm going to tell it again. There was, it's not a story. It's a real thing. There's... There was a speed reading course that was given to people, two groups of kids. One group of kids could, could read decently well. They were at 90 words per minute, right? And one group of kids was the gifted readers. They were, they were reading about 350 words per minute, right? They were each given a speed reading course, the same speed reading course at the same time. And then they were given the test again, right? And the kids that were reading 90 words per minute, they improved. They improved pretty well. They almost doubled. They were able to read 150 words per minute. But the kids who were reading 150 words or 350 words to start with, they, they, they were able at the end to read 2,900 words per minute in the speed reading course. Why is that? Because they were, they were working on the areas in which they've been gifted. They've been working on the areas in which God, God gave them talents in this area. They were, they're able to read that fast. That's not for everybody, right? Not everybody is going to be able to read 3,000 words per minute, right? But these kids who were gifted in reading, who were already able to, to read a good amount per minute, were able to improve so much. Why? Because they were, they, were, they were building upon a strength and not focused upon a weakness. I, I don't want to focus on weaknesses anymore at the church. I don't want to hear what you can't do because of this and because of that. I want to hear how has God gifted you? What talents has God given you to be able to use for the kingdom of God? Right, after, after service today, there's going to be three tables out there. 
a connect table and a grow table and a serve table. Our leaders are going to be out there. At the connect table, you'll see Rachel and Olivia. All right, at the grow table, you'll see Timmy and Jordan. And at the serve table, you'll see Lori and Cheryl. They're not just standing at a table, just standing at a table. Right? You've been gifted for service. And whatever those talents and whatever those abilities that you have, I, w- I want you to get involved in those areas. If you feel like you're talented or you're, you're, your strengths are in this connect realm, and by connect, I don't just mean being social, right? There's a lot more things in the connect than just being social, right? Some of you have expressed interest in, <coughs> in writing cards to the people who are gone. That's, uh, talk to Rachel. She'll get you plugged in in there. Some of you have expressed uh, you know, calling people on the phone or, or, or going to visit people who are, who are homebound or doing all this kind of stuff. Get involved in the connect. Right, some of you expressed interest in, and I just, I'm so passionate about seeing this church grow spiritually. How can I get involved? I want you to talk to Timmy. I want you to talk to Jordan about ways that they can get involved. They've got some really cool stuff coming up. And if you're passionate about, man, I just, I really want to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Right, which is, uh, by the way, we're going to talk about this. Like not, a, not a call just for some of you. It's a call for all of you. But if you feel like this is the place that you can serve the church and serve it well, I want you to talk to Lori. I want you to talk to Cheryl after church. I was going to have a brochure ready for today, and I went to print it out this morning, and it was just gone off my computer. Didn't, I don't know what happened. So I don't have a brochure. I'll have it next week for you. But I want you to talk to them. Talk to them about what's going on in their ministries. Talk to them about how you can get involved. You have been gifted for service. Can you imagine this? Just imagine this picture with me. It's one of the, one of, this picture just makes me happy. Can you imagine an entire church using their gifts and their talents for the kingdom? Can you imagine this church, Fresno First Church, if every single person use the areas in which God has gifted them and talented them to serve not just the church, but the the community and the world and the kingdom. And this church would just blow up. I see it. And I see it happening. That's why I'm so excited for today, right? I, I, I woke up excited today. I woke up kind of sick, but I'm excited today. I'm excited to be able to be here and to be able to talk with you and to be able to encourage you to get involved. I was telling, a, I was telling one of the pastors who was, who's, the church is going to pray for us today, what we were doing today, and he goes, that's, that's not your job. That's your job to do all that stuff. He was joking with me, of course, right? What are, you, what are you doing getting your people involved in ministry, right? That's your job. They pay you to be the pastor. That's your job to do ministry. He was joking with me. Some of you know him, Jess Ruby, right? Uh, he was the one I was talking to. He said, that's your job. I was like, no, man, you know. And he was just, he just shook my hand, gave me a hug, and said, that's awesome, man. You're doing good stuff. That church is, I'm, I always pray for that church. I'll continue praying for that church. Get involved in ministry. Get involved and, and, and use the gifts and the talents that you've been given by God. Right, you have been, you've been created for service. You've been gifted for service. 
And, and lastly, I'll, I'll try to make this quick, and I'm probably going long in today. You've been shown how to serve. You have been shown how to serve. We have a great example in Jesus Christ of being shown how to serve, how to do it. There's a great example in John chapter 13, if you want to go to John with me. John chapter 13, as we read this passage, this is, this is just a little context for you, right? John is, is telling the story of Jesus. Jesus is in, in some of his last days here on earth with his disciples, one of his last, last living moments with his disciples. Right? This, is, this, is, this is one of those things where I think... It, 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 there's two things that really get to me on this, right? There's, there's the, the context, right? They, as, I'll read this and then we'll talk. John chapter 13, verse 1. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and they had come up from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. The whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. You understand what I've done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Right, Jesus, in one of his last moments, this is kind of Jesus's. Jesus is almost like at the farewell point here, right? He's with his disciples. Eleven of the twelve of them are going to be the ones that go out and, and kind of carry on the torch, right? Think about this. If, if I was going to be with the people who were going to be carry on what I had started and I knew I wouldn't be there, what would I do? I would try and give them the best advice possible to be able to go forward and do a great job. I would be giving them every secret, every tip that I could give them. I would be doing all this stuff. And Jesus doesn't, he doesn't say anything really. Really, Jesus, instead of trying to, to give one final last lesson, one final last teaching, Jesus doesn't really say a word. He gets up, he takes off his outer clothes, wraps a towel around his waist, and bends down on his knee and washes his disciples' feet. And I can imagine these disciples thinking, what in the world? What is going on here? Because here's, here's what happens. Back then, if you, when you walked into a room like they were walking into, there would be a servant there. And that servant's job was to wash everybody's feet. 
Right? Everybody wore sandals, and their feet were just gross and nasty and calloused, and it's probably not a very glamorous job. And I can imagine, as the disciples walk into this room with Jesus, there's not a servant there. They walk in, and they all walk by this, this basin. And they all probably think something similar to this. Someone else can do that. Someone else can do that. I don't need to do that. That's, that's not for me. That's, for, that's a servant's job. I'm not going to do that. And my feet are really dirty. I'd kind of like them to be clean, but, but I'm not going to do that. And then Jesus gets up, and he takes off his outer clothes, and he wraps a towel around his waist, and he begins to fill the basin. Man, I can just imagine what these guys are thinking. But I think there's, in, in this example of, of, of Jesus, Jesus is basically in this moment of like, if you don't get anything else from me, get this. He serves. And I think in this moment, there's, there's three things I want you to notice about Jesus. First of all, Jesus got up. He got up and did something when he served. It wasn't just, uh, it wasn't, he, he, he got involved in their lives, right? He got involved in a deep moment and, and really a vulnerable moment, right, for them to, <coughs> this is not something that they would imagine their teacher doing to them. But he gets up and he got involved in their lives. I think we can do the same thing. As we serve, we need to, to get up, right, to leave the seat, right? I heard a missionary came and said, uh, we're not called to heat the seat. Right? That's what he, he said it in a kind of a funny accent, so it was really funny when he said it. But we're not called to heat the seat. We've got to get up. We've got to go. Right? This is, not, this is what we're called to do, to get up and to go and to do something with our legs and with our feet. Put, to, put, to put legs on our love is exactly what it is. I remember a story in, when I was in Lompoc. We, we were in this apartment complex, and uh, we drove in one Saturday, and there was a big U-Haul. There was typically U-Hauls at, this, at the apartment complexes, as in most apartment complexes. People moving in, people moving out. There was this giant U-Haul there, like the biggest U-Haul you could buy. And we drove by, and we, we drove out of the complex, and there was this one guy in, the, one guy in there, and uh, didn't see anybody else. We drove out, we got lunch, and, and went to a park, I think, and, or went to the park and then got lunch and came home. We were going to go to the pool for swimming. And uh, we drove back into the complex, and the same guy was in the truck, and the truck was barely emptied. And I thought, is he doing this by himself? Is he emptying this truck all by himself? And so uh, I went over there and I just asked him. I said, hey, man, are you, are you moving in by yourself? And he said, yeah, I am. I said, can I help? <laughs> and he just looked at me and he said, yeah, yeah, you can. And he began to tell me a story about how he, was, he, he, had, just, he had just been divorced and he had just had to move out of his, his five-bedroom home that he just loved. He was telling me about this house and how they decorated it for Christmas and how all this stuff. And he was just, he loved this house, but he had to move out. He lost his job, had just been divorced. Like, literally, life just rained down on this guy. And so he had this giant U-Haul of all the stuff that he fit in a five-bedroom house going into a one-bedroom apartment. And we just made his living room a storage room. And we just put everything in there. And, and we just talked the whole time. I called some of my teens up. I said, hey, get over here. I need your help. <laughs> I can't load this whole truck by myself. Get over here. 
So they came over, and they began to talk to this guy, and they began to invest in this guy, and they were, they were laughing with him, and, and they just sat down, and we had dinner together with him, right? And it was just so cool to see this guy, and he said, why are you guys doing this? And I said, hey, man, we just, this is what we're called to do. We believe in Jesus. We know that Jesus loved everybody, and so we just, we saw a person in need and wanted to help out. He said, what church are you from? And I told him, and he said, I'll be there tomorrow. It's about getting up, getting out of the, getting out of your seat, out of your comfort zone, and going up to serve. I, I know for a fact that while Jesus was okay washing people's feet, it was probably a little uncomfortable for him, and it was a lot uncomfortable for the people who he was washing. We're not called to sit in a comfort zone and do nothing. We're called to get up out of the seat and go. Amen. All right, Jesus got up. Right, but here's the second thing. After he got up and, and put legs on his love, right, which is what we're called to do, he then got back down. He stooped down. He humbled himself. Right, this, 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 this role of, of washing feet isn't just for anybody. It's not just for, it's definitely not for teachers. It's definitely not for, for people like Jesus. It's for servants. And so Jesus humbled himself. He got down, <coughs> got down on his knees and washed people's feet. As I, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about, man, Jesus, Jesus humbled himself. I think we need to be people who are able to humble ourselves. Right? Maybe, maybe go a little lower than we think we are so we can lift people up with us. Right? We need to humble ourselves and be able to serve, even, even, when it, even when it's something that we don't want to do. Even when it's something that we know we probably don't, someone else could do that. That's for you. Right? So get up out of your seat. Stooped down, and here's the last thing. Jesus got messy. Jesus got messy. Cleaning feet was not a, not a clean job. Probably not a super fun job. I mean, if I was to, to ask you this morning if you would clean people's feet, you would be kind of grossed out probably. But Jesus does it. He was willing to, to get messy, willing to, to do what no one else really wanted to do. And here's, here's really what this is all about. Right? Our faith has to be, to be more than about just learning more and, and knowing more. We have to put it into action. You've been created for service. You've been gifted for service. And Jesus showed us how to serve and more stories than just this one. Right? You read the, the life of Jesus in any of the Gospels or all of the Gospels. And every single one that you're going to see, Jesus served the people that he was with. All the time. He was all about service. He didn't want to be lifted up. He didn't want to be made, made, made higher than anybody else. It's more than just about, about head knowledge. There's got to be action to our faith, and that's what this serve is all about. That's what our serve team is all about. Our serve team is all about providing opportunities for us as a church to be the hands and the feet of Jesus in our community. So today, I want, you to, I want you to talk to Lori and Cheryl about how you can get involved in serving. I want you to talk to, to Timmy and to Jordan about how you can get involved in the Grow group. I want you to talk to Rachel and to Olivia about how you can get involved in the Connect group. But here's, here's what I know this morning. Each and every one of you in this place has been gifted by God in some way. 
And each and every one of you in this place has been called by God to use the gifts that he's given you. Can you imagine a church that does this? Can you imagine a church that embraces the gifts and the talents that everybody's been given and gives them a place to serve? That's this church. And it starts today. It starts today. On each table, there's a sign-up sheet as well. If you don't have time to stay and talk or you don't have time to chat a little about it, I just want you to go put your name and your information down and our leaders will get in touch with you and they'll, they'll get you plugged in somehow. Get involved. It's time to be the church. Amen. Let's pray. God, we love you. And we're thankful for you. We're thankful for all that you've blessed us with and given us, God. God, I pray that as we go forward today, that you would reveal to us the place, our, our, our talents, our gifts that you've been given us, God. I pray that you would show us the ways in which you've gifted us. And when we walk out those doors, we will be led to a table, that we will be led to a place where, where, where we can get involved and that we can grow. God, we want to serve you. It's what it's all about. God, help us to put legs on our love today. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Give our leaders a couple minutes to get back to their tables, but I just want to pray a, a prayer of blessing over you if you just hold your hands up. May the God of all grace and all peace, may he go ahead of you this week. May he be in all your conversations. May he be in all your workplaces. May he be in all your homes that you would feel his presence. Would you be bold this week? Would you be a difference maker this week in someone's life? Go in peace and go in the strength of the Lord. Amen and amen.